I want to thank you for joining us today on the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you didn't know, we have a 24-7 prayer hotline. It's staffed by Teen Challenge staff members who are ready to pray with you anytime, anywhere. Call us today at 888-520-0620. And if you know someone who is struggling with addiction and needs to come into our program, you can refer them to this same number, 888-520-0620, and we can help them begin their new life. You better get ready for the next series we're starting in our podcast. We just got done with our annual Spiritual Emphasis event. Boy, was it miraculous. It was hosted at our newest campus, Central Valley Teen Challenge. This campus just opened in 2015, and if you haven't been there, you're missing out. This campus was miraculously prepared by God for Teen Challenge. It's beautiful, it's spacious, it can house up to 140 men. We have got someone special today. His name is Zach Follett. He used to play in the NFL, and now he owns a chain of Christian coffee shops. Listen in as he shares from God's Word at Spiritual Emphasis 2021. If you haven't had the chance, please subscribe to our podcast channel today. You'll be notified every time a new episode comes out, and it's a way for us to stay in touch during these difficult times. God bless you today, my friends. I mean, I appreciate y'all up front getting hyphy for Jesus out here, man. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus Christ all day. We love you, God, man. I am so thankful to be in front of you men. And I wanted to start like my heart when we were worshiping, my heart was wailing up because I come from the world in the sense of like I'm a businessman. I'm in it. I don't get to be surrounded by brothers that are shouting praises to Jesus Christ because they are sold out because they know what you guys know what he has rescued you from. And I know that I have an NFL accolade background, but boy, I am a wretched sinner just like the rest of you. And I know what Jesus Christ rescued me from. So I have to sit in a world where everyone's sipping on their coffee and and they're just happy-go-lucky. And I'm sitting like, I want to talk about this Jesus. I want to tell you his power and how it can save. And everyone's like, oh, no, cool. We're comfortable don't preach the gospel. Nobody wants to preach the gospel anymore. When it wasn't someone telling me that Jesus loves me is what saved me. That did not save me. When I was in high school and everyone was trying to say, oh, Zach, Jesus loves you. Telling someone Jesus loves them is great, but that is not the power of the gospel. It was finally till someone was bold enough to sit there while I was in the stardom of about to go to the NFL in Cal Berkeley. And he says, Zach, you know that you don't get to heaven by scoring touchdowns or getting sacks on quarterbacks. You are a sinner and all of those girls and all the drugs and all the partying that you've done, you're not being the man. I know the world has told you that you're being the man, but you have actually offended a perfect and holy holy God and you need to repent of that sin. And for the first time, because someone was bold enough to step in and say, Zach, you are a sinner that needs to be saved. I got to give my life to Jesus Christ in 2008, March 8th. I'll never forget the day. And so having that background, when I see you men, I just want to let you guys all know I love you because you guys are walking in this war with me. It is very rare to see people that are fighting the good fight. In Christendom, I call it, in Cup of Joy chain and church, man, we're, we're just kind of going through the motions. Everybody gets comfortable in their little zone and they go to church, they check the boxes and they're good. 
I'm sorry, that does not suffice for my soul. We are to, we are to throw off the ways of the world and, and, and pursue Christ with our whole entire life. And so I'm here to just kind of share a little bit of my testimony. I'm a Clovis High kid, went to uh, Clovis High School. From there, yeah, Cougars. And then from there, went to Cal Berkeley, got a full scholarship. So I was someone that was believing that, man, God is, is football and girls, and I worshiped him wholeheartedly. And he took me to Berkeley on a full scholarship, and that's in all places I find God in Berserkly. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, has the power to go into the darkness of Berkeley and snatch a soul. Well, after I, I accept Christ, I'm like, cool, I'm saved from sin. So what does this mean? Does this mean that I can sin as much as I want? Does this mean I sin just a little bit? And man, I have this Bible that a teammate bought me out of obedience because God told him to buy every, team on, uh, every teammate a Bible. I go and open up this word and it leads me right to Psalms 1820 where David is saying, God has blessed me according to my righteousness and how clean I have kept my hands from sin. He has rewarded me. And I'm like, boy, this book is alive. I just asked you how much I if I want to be blessed and go to the NFL, I need to stay away from this sin. Okay, God, let's just be real. I've been having sex with girls since I was 16 years old, so I'm just going to be faithful to one girl. Lord, don't ever expect me to preach the word because I'm a cool football player and I don't ever want to be looked at as a dorky preacher. God, don't you ever take a parent away from me because if you did, I don't know if I could roll with a God that would do such a thing. Well, by the power of Jesus Christ, he has broken the chains of lust in my life and has and ripped away all of the temptations that has come and overcome me. I get no greater joy than preaching the word of Christ because it is the truth that can set men free. And about 10 years ago today is my dad's birthday. He took my father away from me and I got to watch a God intimately walk me and carry me through and comfort me and give me strength and also give me a new heavenly father to rely on rather than just the brokenness that our earthly fathers um, have given us. And man, that's one thing that's real. We, our fathers, have a lot of weight in our lives. And when my dad called me a worthless piece of crap growing up, that created an anger in me that just drove me to be in the NFL. I'm a big dude, but I'm not the biggest dude out in the NFL. They're massive. But I had such a rage because all we ever wanted to do was to be loved and valued. And I found that love and value in Jesus Christ. And that love and value changed my life. So that's my little bit of my testimony. But as I'm, and now as I'm a Christian, we're sitting here, you're in Teen Challenge, and I'm looking for the next step once you leave here. Well, you're going to be on fire after the first month, two, three. Well, then you're going to get into that comfort zone and you're going to be sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm doing good. I don't got my brothers all around me, but maybe I can just, I can take this sin and just a little bit in my life. And I'm going to take a little bit of this sin and just a little bit, but I know not too much. And next thing you know, I am a manager of sin because I know too much sin will destroy me. And so now all of us men, our ego is going to tell this, hey, Jesus, thank you for saving me. I put my faith in you. You do have the power to save and rescue me. But now I want to be in the driver's seat again. And I want to go and take a just a little bit, not too much, because I've been able to, to manipulate this system so much to know exactly the right amount of sin to have in my life that it won't kill me. And I'll still keep my business afloat, still keep my family afloat. But now I am living a lukewarm life, not empowered by God to go out there and be a laborer to go and save. And that is what the devil is going to try to tempt every single one of you men to do once you leave here. And I'm here to tell you. 
that this is one thing that my, my pastor told me and, and, and it shook me. He said, too many men focus on managing their sin, but know this, you will only be free once you kill it. And I'm like, man, when was the last time I tried to kill my sin? I want to be a sin slayer. I don't want to have any sin come and control me. So all of these little things that I have in me, it's time to cut them out and throw them away. So if you guys are leaving here, once you get out of Teen Challenge and you know you have a friend, you have an ex-wife, you have a fiance, you have anybody in your life that is going to be hindering you and, 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 and taking you back from the road that God has you, you have to cut them out. You have to cut that sin out of your life. One thing that I've even justified, you go to the gym, man, and boy, man, I don't know if you've seen the animal planet, the birds of paradise. Man, those birds that you try to attract, track, track the other bird. Boy, these girls out here, birds of paradise in that gym. And it sounds foolish to the world to be like, man, I can't work out at GB3 anymore because, man, my lust, I don't want to make sure. Well, I have to make sure that I keep my thoughts captive because the war starts in your mind. That if I know if I'm going to the gym and I cannot keep my thoughts pure because, oh, girls, looking the way she is, I can't go to GB3 anymore. You do not continue to go and then go work out next to her and play that game. You are playing with fire. And at the end of the day, this is not just a friendly game Satan plays with us. His, his goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and he's sitting here and he's sitting there licking his, licking his chops right now like, okay, praise Jesus, do your thing, but wait till you get back into the zone where I know you so well. And my, and my army of demons will go and release the attack, and we know what button to push to destroy you. That It's war. It's straight-up war, and that's why I love my brothers in this tent, because you know that. You have fought against it. You've been hit in the mouth, but you also now are calling on the name of Jesus Christ to lift you up out of that. So before I start going in, I want to talk about the struggle, because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about Romans 7. Romans 7, 8, and 9, my gosh. That, those three chapters have trans, transformed my life. And so when Paul, he's describing the war that wages, and he states, I, in Romans 7, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do, but what I hate, I do. I know that there is nothing good that lives in me, that is in my sinful nature. So I find the law at work, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin within the members of my body. So it goes and talks about waging war against the, 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 the law of my mind. Back to the battleground is our mind. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, Paul says, We are to take every thought captive, be ready to punish it, and make it obedient to Christ. Are we capturing our thoughts? Or are we going to let that thing spin? Because if, if you don't stop it as a thought, it's going to come to a click on a computer screen. And then after the click on the computer screen, now the bird of paradise I'm that much more susceptible to. And then I'm going to go eat the forbidden fruit. And I am at jeopardy of destroying everything that the Lord has built up within me. This ain't a game. If we do not sit here with our mind and take a thought serious, be ready for the after effects that once uh, you give birth to sin, it will equal death every single time. And so he goes on to say, what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. 
Thanks be to Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he says, why does he thank him? Because in, in Romans 8.1, this is the verse that put me on a path to open a coffee shop. Man, I came, I came straight from the NFL, smashing dudes as hard as I can, taking out that anger. I had no clue what it meant to, to run a business. I had just lost my dad, but I know that I can trust God. I'm going to put my hope in him. And so I come across Romans 8.1. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Oh my gosh, I'm sitting in England on a mission trip, drinking this cappuccino it's the best cappuccino i ever had i'm filled up with so much joy knowing that the wretched man that i am uh, there's a jesus christ that paid that price i'm sitting here like i filled up with so much joy because of that truth i'm like man this is a cup of joy and as i said that the holy spirit says zach look around this coffee shop look at how people connect over coffee i want you to go to your hometown open up a coffee shop and share the love of jesus christ to your community oh my god that sounds amazing And mind you, I, all I ever knew was football, so I had nothing to do but trust him. So he says, but here's the catch, and this is the catch for every single one of you. He said, but Zach, when you go back to Clovis and you're back to your hometown, back to your hometown, you must remain connected to me because I am the very source of love and I will flow my love through you and you will be a conduit to, to, to give that love to your employees and to your customers and I will create something where my spirit will dwell and it will be amazing. And I said, okay, Lord, let's ride. And what that did for me personally was, was, was transform. I was, bro, I try every excuse to live lukewarm. I'm not going to lie. I want the comfort of sin. I have to live with the word daily to die to that. Because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, man, Lord, how do I go and manage 19-year-old girls without making them cry? I'm coming from a football field and now I'm pouring hearts and lattes. I had to go... <laughs> I, I had to rely on my God like no other. I had to possess a faith when my family and my friends are saying, Zach, you're really going to go and open up a coffee shop? This makes no sense. Go, go to Berkeley, get a job and work for some." And finally I said, Mom, Lindsay, Dad, uh, God said. And when God speaks in your life, you don't need anybody to go and say, oh, yeah, go that way. God said. Boy, and because, and as Nate was saying, who here for a season can commit to God? Because honest to God, that's all I did. For a season, I say, Lord, I have nothing else. You've taken away football. You've taken away my dad. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go all in for a season. And because of that season, the way God has blessed my obedience to him, he has, through that coffee shop, the first month, the baddest girl walked in and by his grace made her my wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because what you guys need to realize is when you say yes to God and the road that he wants you to go on, what you can't see is the golden nuggets that he has planted on that road when you go down his path. Because not only did he bring me a wife, he brought me two twin boys about two years old now. Woo! And back to my whole life was, was about Zach and it's about ourselves. It's all, we, our whole life we want to be about self. And that's why I knew that I was so full of myself, he had to give me twin boys for the extra die to self sanctification that, that twins bring. It was next level. So now this next part I want to touch on is when he says here in, in Romans 8 down to verse 9, 
He says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. I don't hear that preached. It's like wearing a jersey of your favorite team of, of wearing a San Francisco 49ers jersey and thinking you're on the team. You're not on the team just because you wear the jersey. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you're on the team. The only way you're on the team is if that Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Boy, you will not overcome your sin. You will not do anything unless you have the Holy Spirit, the power of God inside of you. Trust me, men. So I want to make sure for those of us who are saying, I'm a Christian, but I ain't ever really felt no change in my life. Well, have you asked God for the Holy Spirit? Are you relying on God's spirit? Jesus Christ, who died and resurrected, he said, don't trip. Please don't leave, Jesus. He says, I'm going to come and give you something greater. I'm going to give you my spirit, the great counselor. And he is going to counsel you because we don't have Jesus Christ to live through all the days. And someone to, we have the great counselor that will counsel you through every trial that you have ahead of you because boys i hate to tell you but you got some dark nights ahead of you real talk you're going to be sitting there as you leave teen challenge and you have family you have problems you have stress and you're going to have that spirit to call on and let me tell you how to feed that spirit it's something called wheaties and that's the word of god and when you feed the Holy Spirit, the word of God, you will now have the power to die to sin, to say no, to say yes to godliness. And so I don't want anyone to be deceived as calling themselves a Christian and walking out with, with a false jersey on. I want you guys to have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And how do you possess the spirit? It's through faith. Because all that happened to me, I'm nothing special. I'm not a preacher. I'm just a man who loves Jesus. And all that happened to me that night was somebody came and presented the gospel. They said that you're a sinner and that you need help. You can't fix yourself. And if you believe that God so loved the world and not just the world, but specifically you, if you believe that he sent his son to rescue you because Zach, you've tasted the NFL. It didn't do it for you. You've tasted the bad ones that the NFL brings, if you know what I'm saying. It didn't do it for you and so by 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 placing my faith in Jesus Christ that he came and died on that cross and not just died and stayed in that casket by faith I believed in three days he popped out of that grave dusted himself off and came to save and live inside of us and it was that night I, I, I professed that faith and then I woke up the next morning like what does this mean I don't I have the spirit of God supposedly living in me but it wasn't until I got into this word. And so I don't want you men to abandon this word too many times. I have failed and I have left this book closed for weeks on weeks and months on months until you find yourself on fumes on your knees crying to God. I can't run this business. I can't run this family. God, I am dying. And out of his great love, but God steps in once again. His grace is infinite. His grace is so infinite. So no, every time that you men fall, there is a God that does not. It says love uh, does not count for, our, it, does, it doesn't remember our sins. It, the Bible says in, in uh, Psalms 103, 12, he has separated you from your sins as far as the east is from the west. Unless you hide the word of God in your heart, 
you will not know how to continue to fight because the devil is a liar and he's going to say, Zach, you failed for the fifth hundredth time. I'm not going to help you anymore. God doesn't love you. Your family doesn't love you, but God is there and you won't know unless you are in this word because the word supersedes worldly truth. Because what the devil says to you, like, bro, he's true. He has a point. I did do that. But when you read the word, it supersedes what is going on in the ways of the world. So make sure we do not do that. Do not forsake the word. And then he goes on to say, um, but if Christ is in you, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have this obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, period. But by the spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The spirit, receive, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit received brought about an adoption to sonship, and by him we cry out, Abba, Father. As we celebrate Father's Day, we now are adopted in to the Father of love that shows you how to be a real father to your children. We will not continue the cycle of brokenness and anger and rage that our dads passed down to us because of the new father that has adopted us in. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs with God, we are co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And boy, I've been saying that so much. Twins, I share in the sufferings, God. I share in the sufferings that we may also share in his glory. And then he goes on to say, present sufferings, future glory. In verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liber- liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. In hope that you men today will put your faith in Jesus Christ and once away do away with the ego and the self and say, God, I surrender all to you. And then when he does pick you up and he does put you on the mountaintop, you can shout his praise ever more and ever loud because of the love that he has for you and how he has delivered you from the pit of death. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for the men that are in this room, God. I thank you for the exact road that you have walked them down, God. You have used what was intended for evil. You have used it for good. And you have them here hearing your truth. You have brought brothers around them to deliver them, God. And I pray that you graciously pour out your Holy Spirit into every heart and soul that is in this room and empower them to walk and fight the good fight of faith, Lord. Protect their minds, Father. Let them remember to take every thought captive that sets itself up against the truth of Jesus. Father, we love you, we glorify you, and in Jesus Christ's name we ask, amen. Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.